Cases are surging in India, where they've recorded more than 350,000 new cases for the fifth day in a row, and supplies are running short. A CDC advisory panel voted to recommend lifting the pause on the use of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine last week, adding a warning label about the risk of rare clotting events. Johnson Johnson is now back in use across the United States. And after the first 200 million doses in arms, vaccine supply begins to outpace vaccine demand, as vaccine hesitancy slows the pace of vaccinations. This is America Dissected. I'm your host, Dr. Abdul El-Sayed. And it may not be the end, but it's certainly the beginning of the end. This was President Joe Biden this week. When tomorrow's vaccine and vaccination numbers come out, we'll show that today we did it. Today we hit 200 million shots. And that's a really big deal. But we're not quite done with this thing yet. In order to defeat this pandemic, the consensus among epidemiologists is that we'll need nearly 75 to 85 percent of Americans to get vaccinated. Those 200 million doses President Biden just told us about That equals only about 41% of Americans who've received any dose at all. On April 13th, we hit a different kind of milestone. The number of people getting vaccinated every day began to go down. Make no mistake, that's not because there's less vaccine. That's because there's less people who want a vaccine. That means that the next phase of our vaccine rollout is going to be about demand. To beat this pandemic, we've got to take on the vaccine hesitancy that's stopping or delaying too many people from getting their vaccines. Today. I wanted to focus on the experience of getting vaccinated because in sharing our own experiences, perhaps we can inspire others to do the same. I got that notification that I was eligible for vaccine appointment unexpectedly, and I signed up for my appointment as soon as I could. I got vaccinated on a Thursday evening at the University of Michigan Hospital, just a few miles from my house. They had a very orderly process where I followed the signs to the vaccine clinic. I waited in a socially distanced line for about 15 minutes until I finally got to the front. They verified my identity and asked if I had any allergies. Thankfully, I don't have any that I know of, and so I was guided to a really nice nurse named Lisa. Lisa told me about the Pfizer vaccine, which I was about to get, and she told me about what I could expect afterwards. She warned me to expect a sore arm and possibly some cold-like symptoms the next day. And then she asked me what arm I wanted the vaccine in. I chose the left one, and I got it in the right one the next time. Not because there's any good medical reason to do it, but because I have a weird semi-obsession with symmetry. Here's the thing. I hate shots. I cannot stand them. The idea of someone stabbing me with a piece of metal bothers me to no end. My parents still tell the story of the horror show of getting me vaccinated when I was five. It took four people to hold me down. A small part of me, to be honest, still wants to be that five-year-old kid. But it might take a lot more people to hold me down now. And, well, I'm a grown-ass man. So instead, I just don't look. I close my eyes, take a big deep breath, reward myself with a gummy bear afterwards. Yes, the same gummy bears with which I was rewarded when I was five. This shot, it wasn't that bad at all. Just a poke, and there it was. Done and done. And what did I get for it? Well, freedom. I knew that I'd done my part to protect myself, my loved ones, and my community from the virus. I waited the recommended 15 minutes. The whole time I was thinking about just how incredible it was that we'd developed this incredible vaccine in under a year. then I was really feeling gratitude to live in a time when we had vaccines, when we didn't have to watch yet more people die of this preventable disease. But I also thought a lot about the small freedoms this vaccine would give me back. I thought about how excited I was to travel again, how much I couldn't wait to people watch in crowded places or enjoy a nice meal at a crowded restaurant. 
I was thinking about how I couldn't wait to get back to a Michigan football game. It's a strange thing. Michigan played football this year, but it's not the same without the fans. Everyone knows that if you go to the game, it's all about the fans. You go for each other. And we're getting vaccinated for each other, too. The next day, I was a little sore in my arm, but nothing else. My next vaccine appointment was four weeks later. Same experience. This time, though, the next day, I felt groggy, like I had a mild cold. All those immune cells that had been tipped off by the first vaccine were chasing the second one. And that's a good thing, because it means that if they ever encounter the real thing, they'll be ready. I drank lots of fluids, popped the Tylenol, took a nap, and felt better by the end of the day. That's my vaccine experience. Of course, my vaccine story is just one. As we look to vaccinate the whole country, everyone will access their vaccine differently. Some easily, like me. Others, unfortunately not. Over the last few weeks, I've asked listeners like you to share their vaccine stories with us. We got tons of submissions. Stories of individuals working on the front lines. People who are homebound, hunting down a way to get a vaccine without leaving their home. Cancer survivors driving hours. People walking through grocery stores being offered a vaccine at random. Different stories from different lives. I asked a few of you to sit down with me to tell us your story in depth. Today, you'll hear those. Catherine Barker, a cancer survivor in Texas who drove hours to hunt down a vaccine. Maddie Lausch, an American living in Germany who's been watching her family get vaccinated back in Kansas. And even one listener you might recognize, Crooked's very own Akilah Hughes, co-host of What A Day. Their vaccination stories and more after the break. My first conversation is with Katherine Barker, a cancer survivor living in Texas. Texas's first day of lockdown way back in March 2020 lined up coincidentally with the two-year anniversary of Catherine's cancer diagnosis. Over the last 12 months, Catherine's been living cautiously, protecting herself and those around her. Catherine finally found hope, as many of us did, when vaccines became available in Texas, but soon found that getting one wouldn't be so straightforward. Catherine, tell us about how the pandemic changed your life. So whenever we went into lockdown last March, that was just a few weeks before my two-year anniversary of being diagnosed with breast cancer. So I had already come out the other side and survived, but it definitely was terrifying. And I have stayed completely in lockdown the last year, made me really nervous about teaching. And I got a lot of pushback from my uh, school board, my school district. And I kind of got to a point where the best option was for me to quit. So it's been a, it's been a wild year. Well, I, I can't imagine. And um, I'm really glad to hear that you're in remission. And I'm really sorry that you had to go through that. That just sounds uh, really harrowing. What was your vaccine experience like? I mean, when you heard that there were vaccines available, what was the first thing that went through your mind? Honestly, it's been a little odd as a young cancer survivor, and I was not sure if I really qualified as someone who was at uh, high risk. So I was a little unsure at first if I should jump on signing up for the vaccine, but then I also really didn't know how to sign up for the vaccine. Communication has not really been great. So I did eventually sign up mid-January for Dallas County and didn't hear anything for a month or it ended up being more than that. But after about a month, um, some other 
friends told me that I could sign up through any county that I wanted to, and I didn't even realize that. So then I started signing up through any county I felt like I could drive to. And then my sister lives down in Austin, and she let me know that the county near her, Bell County, was wide open for appointments. So I ended up making an appointment down in Bell County in Killeen, Texas. So I drove three hours to go get the vaccine. Wow. So tell me about the moment that you first learned that you would get your vaccine. Um, It did. It was a little weird because I was able to just immediately make an appointment through Bell County, whereas everything else for the last month and a half before that had seemed so like you go through registration and then you wait and then it's nothing. But this was literally just going on the website and making the appointment. And it was like, oh, I have an appointment. I'm going to get the vaccine and it's just done. I have to drive three hours, but then it's going to be done. How long between when you got your appointment and when you actually got the vaccine? Um, Less than a week. Wow. And what did you do to prepare? I took the day off of work, but that was really it. Um, I think that I went back through um, different resources, probably your podcast of just making sure that I actually really knew if there was anything I needed to prepare for now that I was actually getting the vaccine myself. But, um, really I just needed the day off of work to be able to go down there. Yeah. And what was it like to finally get your vaccine? Um, it was definitely a relief. It felt good. Like it was actually, we were making progress and getting somewhere and like I maybe didn't have to be so scared all the time. Uh, it must have been um, such a relief. Yeah, for sure. How has your life changed now that you are vaccinated? Um, really not much at all as far as day in and day out. Um, you know, I'm still trying to make sure that doing my part on making sure this doesn't get worse. I think I'm still worried about the variants and contributing to anything. So I still haven't exactly gone out and done anything, but I also haven't hit my two weeks post the second dose mark. And I think once I get there, I will feel more comfortable maybe venturing out. Mm, What's the first thing you want to do? I don't know. I think about eating inside a restaurant. I think that's kind of what a lot of people want to do, but it still just almost like <laughs> freaks me out. Like, like just the idea of sitting in a restaurant in like closed air. <laughs> well, I um so I, I gotta ask, what restaurant would you go to? Oh man. Um I don't even know now that I think about that. Um there's some really good restaurants in Dallas. Um whiskey cake is one of my favorite ones. Uh, what's what's the what's the go-to meal at Whiskey Cake? Uh, they have um, this. It's like now it almost sounds kind of lame, but there's it's a turkey sandwich, turkey avocado sandwich that I love. Uh, but they have really good drinks too. I get the um, I think it's the Wabbit Smash is my favorite drink. Oh wow, that's um, so that's not lame at all. That's what makes life life. Is you find the thing that you enjoy and you enjoy it. And um, so that first uh, turkey avocado sandwich will be brought to you by um, the vaccine. Which vaccine did you end up getting, by the way? Pfizer. Pfizer. And what was the experience of actually getting vaccinated like? The first appointment, we actually had to wait about an hour and a half in line, um, which I wasn't really expecting. I mean, I guess I figured there'd be some kind of wait time, but... uh, Getting to the community center, I had to stand outside in line for a while and then get inside of the building and then sit and wait in there. 
And then by the time getting to where the shots were, it was just three tables and it was three firefighters who were given shifts and like rotations to take. So it kind of, I think that slowed down the whole process. But then by my second appointment, it was entirely different and was in and out in less than maybe 30 minutes. And there were several tables with people set up uh, doing the shots. So very different between the two times, but I never had any side effects with either of them. What would you tell people who are still somewhat hesitant about getting their vaccine? Go get one. Um, I uh, I know that we we all need to do what we can. I really hate the idea that I think it's already become a foregone conclusion that this is going to be an annual flu shot kind of situation. And I wish that we would all get vaccinated so that we could completely get rid of COVID. Well, um, let's hope that folks follow your advice. We really appreciate you uh, joining us to share your experience and. Uh, wishing you well, and, and I hope that you enjoy uh, that turkey avocado sandwich and that wabbit smash. It sounds, <laughs> um, sounds delightful. Thank you so much. My next conversation is with Maddie Lausch, an American living in Germany. Maddie watched the full extent of America's failed COVID response while experiencing a successful response firsthand. But now, the story's turned. Maddie, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, join us on the podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about you? Yeah, um, I'm an American, originally from Kansas, and I'm currently living in Hamburg, and I've been here for almost four years. What takes you to Hamburg? Uh, My husband and I always wanted to live outside of the U.S., and luckily he is a very gifted IT specialist, and so very marketable around the world. So tell me a little bit about uh, your vaccine experience. Over here, it's so far been pretty non-existent. It's interesting coming from especially the middle of the U.S. and seeing Oklahoma is doing an amazing job with vaccines right now, uh, especially with the help of the tribes. And Germany has this really weird confluence of bureaucracy and great health care. And that just means that the vaccines are... We're not hearing a lot about it. Um, It hasn't been offered to me. I kind of thought that it would because I had a medical event last year that had me in the hospital. So I was like, oh, of course, they'll want to be really taking care of people who are more at risk. My husband has asthma, but we haven't heard anything. The last that I heard was a couple of months ago from Chancellor Merkel who said we would probably be eligible for vaccines in September. And that's about the last I've heard. So it must be frustrating watching family and friends and loved ones in the U.S. getting vaccinated, and you still really don't know when yours is coming, huh? Yeah, it's, I'm excited. I, my mom's getting her next jab um, this week, I believe. My dad is fully vaccinated. Several friends, very excited for them, but yes, definitely frustrating, especially because it's always the lockdowns. We're coming into something like the third lockdown now, but we've never really left the second. And our numbers just keep going up and up. And so the lockdowns aren't really working and the vaccines, we're not having any headway on those. It's just a weird situation. Is it possible to to come back to the United States to get vaccinated? Would you consider it? So actually, um, we're moving back to the U.S. in a month. 
Um, not the best time to move internationally, I would say. And we're taking all precautions before, but we will probably get vaccinated once we land in the U.S. before most people here in Germany. That wasn't an intentional setup. We had decided independently to go back for multiple reasons, but it doesn't make it harder to go back. Mm, wow. Um, and, you know, when you shared this, uh, if you shared this with uh, German friends, what's their response? Oh, you'll get vaccinated before me, typically. Yeah. And do you know what the holdup in Germany is? So we've been hearing a couple of different things. A, there is some vaccine hesitancy in Germany. It actually started in Germany, the vaccine hesitancy movement, like in the 19th century. Um, and it's interesting to see veins of that still active and alive today. I think that they're trying to coordinate with the EU and vaccine equity, which is really important, but it just seems to be causing a holdup for everyone. But again, it's it has not been incredibly transparent with the general public, not even just me as a non-German speaker for the most part. It's getting better, but it's still not perfect. Um, even when I talk with my German friends, they're like, no, I, I haven't heard anything or, oh, I tried to call my doctor and they didn't have a timeline, all of that fun stuff. Mm. And that's despite generally really good healthcare in Germany. What's been your healthcare experience overall? I have actually experienced excellent healthcare treatment here. Um, yeah, like I said, I had a medical emergency that put me in the hospital last year. I had incredible healthcare. Um, the ambulance to the hospital was basically free. My stays, I wasn't worried that I would be charged so much that I couldn't pay it. And I've gotten follow-up care that was all pretty much subsidized by the healthcare system. We do pay a higher rate for general coverage here, but I will say coverage has been a lot better for me. Mm -hmm. And and that's that's I, I think probably a large part because you're not German, right? It's part of it. They have a private and a public system here, so some people will pay a an even higher percentage into the private system and be seen that way, and it gives them some would say better care. I don't know if I would go that far. It sometimes gives them gives them quicker care for things. They maybe have more doctors that they have available to them, but. From what I've heard from my friends, my experience, my German friends, my experience isn't that much different from theirs. Well, we really appreciate you sharing your experience, Maddie, and wish you uh, safety and good health in a safe and um, not too painful move. And, um, and good luck getting your vaccine when you, uh, when you get home. Any message to folks who are vaccine hesitant out there and thinking twice about getting their vaccine, even if they have access to it? Think beyond yourselves, I guess, is my kind of cynical way of looking at it. Think of the people that you come into contact with, not just the people that you love, but the people that you see in your life. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And um, thank you again for, uh, for taking the time to join us. Yes, of course. Thank you so much for inviting me on. We'll be back to hear from Akila about her vaccination experience after the break. And now for a conversation with someone near and dear to the Crooked family. Keila Hughes on her vaccination experience. Keila Hughes, thank you so much for joining us and talking to us about your vaccine experience. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Abdul. It's good to see you. 
walk us through your thinking about this. Um, was it something that immediately you were like, I am definitely getting that as soon as I can? Or was it something like, eh, I'll wait and see? Or was it one of those things where you wanted to learn more and, and, and sort of figure out where you stood? You know, we can even back it up a little bit of a month for, like further back. Uh, basically, when Donald Trump lost the election, I was like, okay, so the vaccines aren't just going to be like the Putin vaccine. <laughs> like, this will probably be something that's like tested that we can trust. So like, that was a huge relief because objectively, I do not believe I would have gotten the vaccine if Donald Trump was still the president because it's like he's, you know, who could trust it? Who could ever trust it? Um, yeah. But, you know, once I knew that it was like legit and, um, you know, Dr. Fauci was saying it was safe and there was plenty of research being put out, I was in the camp of like, the soonest I can get it, I will get it. And like, that means no matter what, like by any means necessary, I need to do this. And part of the reason for that is like, I have pre-existing conditions. So like my pandemic looked a little bit different than a lot of my friends who are just like, oh, well, you know, we're young. So like, we can still go see people and we can do, like, I didn't really get to leave my house at all. Um, you know, I was going to the the pharmacy to pick up the prescriptions for like pre-existing conditions and coming home. Um, and so, you know, the only future that I could see required me taking a vaccine that would like limit the, you know, um, the chances of me getting incredibly sick and dying. Mm. And like all of the, I mean, not all of the conditions I have, but several of them are like affecting my lungs and lung capacity. And like, you know, I, I think it's a, it's, it was the perfect kind of pandemic <laughs> for someone like me to be like, oh, well, I could just like drop out of society for a mm. minute and like see what's what when everything shakes out. Mm. I'm really glad to hear that you uh, were able to get your vaccine. And t tell me about the experience of, of sort of figuring out how to get one. H how did you go about doing that? Who'd you talk to? Who was your first point of entry? And what were all the different bases that you covered to to get yours? You know, I was one of those people who was looking at websites and trying to figure out what anything meant, uh, you know, as early as like when they were here in California, just vaccinating people who were 70 and older, because I'm like, I think that like people with pre-existing conditions could probably weasel their way in. And like, objectively, <laughs> that was how I felt. Like, I can admit that I'm like, yeah, I would like everyone older than me to get it first. But if they, you know, are dilly-dallying, I'm going to, I'm going to slide in there at the end of the day and take that extra shot. Mm -hmm. Um and so I had some friends who actually, like, just waited outside of a Walgreens until, like, you know, 8 p.m. And they're like, okay, we have a throwaway dose. And they were able to get it two weeks before I was. But the way that I finally navigated it, I had a friend who, um, you know, sadly, their their mother died of COVID. Mm. And when they were visiting their mother, they were able to get the vaccine, you know, like, within a couple of weeks to, like, just be able to visit her in hospice, I guess. Like, that was a thing. And so they were saying that, you know, here in L.A., there was like a, you know, it was just a bunch of different links. And so they sent me a link that was like, hey, well, this is the one that they sent me to use for, like, my mom's stuff. And I know that, like, you are looking to get vaccinated. Here's a link. And so, like, several times, you know, I would sign up and they're like, no, you're not, you're not qualified. You're not qualified. And it kind of was like this daily grind of like, look, I'm just going to keep trying to get this, like, their concert tickets in the first five minutes. Like, <laughs> this is my Coachella and I will refresh the page. Finesse. Totally. And it's like, you know, and it's the lowest version of like survival of the fittest where I'm like, look, I'm going to survive. <laughs> so I'm going to figure it out. Mm. And thankfully, you know, I was able to make an appointment. And when I got there, like, you know, I was a little bit relieved because I assumed it would be a lot of older people. And like, you know, if they had told me to leave, I would have absolutely been like, sure, you know, like, <laughs> all right, you got me. But they were like, no, like the, if you got an appointment, you're good. And like, we're not, you know, because you have an appointment, this dose is scheduled for you. So like, if you mm -hmm. don't take it, 
we're going to have to figure this out at the end of the day. And because of the location that I was going to, it wasn't something where people would like know to drive up or something. It was like a community center in like the back. <laughs> like, you know, there was just no way you were going to know. And so I was able to get the Pfizer vaccine within like two weeks of getting a link from just, you know, a friend who happened to get it because of a horrible thing that happened to her. Mm. Wow. And how did you feel in the minute, you know, you got that first vaccine? What did it mean to you? Oh my gosh, I cried so much. It was funny because so they have the little overflow place uh, if you get a vaccine where they like want you to wait just in case you have side effects for a few minutes. Um, and I was like, it was the first time I'd really been talking to like strangers because we were all just sitting there. I was like, are you guys hype? Like, I'm so hype. <laughs> and they like, no one was really yeah. reacting. Like they all thought it was just like another day in their life. But I was so relieved just because I think that there was this barrier to even fantasizing about a future, right? Like I'm a person who before the pandemic was always like, well, in a month I'm going on this trip or I'm going to have to do this like thing for another company or I'm going to like be working different places or like I just always had something to look forward to. And that completely went away in the pandemic. And so there was just like a huge weight lifted. And I remember like the vaccine place is about an hour from where I live. And, you know, I drove home with just like the music blaring, singing in the car because I was like, yes, summer's <laughs> on. Like, we're going to be fully vaxxed up soon. Like, I was so excited. I'm sure the people around me driving were like, okay, well, she's having a mental breakdown. So like, let's just get away from her car before she swerves into a ditch. But I was just elated. And now that you're fully vaccinated, how has it changed your life? I mean, I definitely feel like, you know, everything is just, as far as the anxiety of going out in the world, And like the tension of like, you know, I'm walking my dog and someone's walking towards me without a mask or, you know, um, just thinking about what I want to do with my life and where I can go. Like I've already scheduled a trip to see my family in May, which is like something that I, I absolutely would not have tried. You know, like I have a housemate who has traveled throughout the pandemic, but I was just never... I, I couldn't trust it and I didn't want to get sick or get anybody else sick. And so like now I feel like, okay, well, I can safely do these things. And yeah, it's just, it's completely alleviated all of the stress of thinking like, you know, one false move, <laughs> you're going to be dead in two weeks. Like that was really what how I was living my life. And I, I'm very glad to not feel that way anymore. I can't imagine. Um, well, we're really grateful that uh, that you got your, your vaccine and we're really grateful that you'd share your experience with us. What's your message to folks who are hesitant, who are looking at this and saying, yeah, maybe later, um, maybe never? What would you tell them? Well, here's what I would say to the never people is that like, I don't, I don't know how you can live your life in a, a place of one fear, but two, we all have access to information about the safety of the vaccines. We can reference people who've had, you know, if they've had a bad reaction, there is, you know, information on all of those things. And so with all of that information at your disposal, it is, I think, choosing ignorance for one to just be like, well, it's going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to be the one person <laughs> in a billion people who has like, you know, grows a horn out of her back or whatever happens, you know, like, I think that uh, it's just, a, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but also we don't know how, you know, having COVID will affect people in the long haul. And that is a thing that is like still being discussed, still being studied. And so like, even if you get an asymptomatic case and you're like, okay, for now, it is worse than having the prevention, you know, going on. And so it's like, I just hope that people take that to heart. It's just like, it wouldn't it be better to just not get sick at all? 
But if you're waiting, I would say, you know, look at the world. Uh, <laughs> I have friends who are from Canada who, you know, live in the U.S., who have elderly parents in Canada who, who obviously have pre-existing conditions and are in a, a high-risk group who still can't get the vaccine in a time when the variants are changing and the likelihood of getting sick is still on the rise. You know, they're not out of the woods. Mm -hmm. And their kids here in the U.S. have been able to get the vaccine. And so I think that, like, it is naive to assume that you will always have the access that you have now. And it's weird to, you know, just sort of, like, rest on, like, well, we'll always have it. Um, you know, I think that we're really lucky that we have three options for vaccines in the U.S. right now. And I think that, like, it just, it is kind of taking for granted uh, what is, in, in my mind, a miracle. Like, we were prepared to wait four years for this. <laughs> Why would you just not get it? Because we're also, you know, you're not only hurting yourself, you're raising the likelihood that more people will get sick. So, you know, just be a little bit less selfish. Think about how nice it would be to not be sick from COVID. And, um, you know, let's try to, like, kill these variants while we can. I, uh, I hear you. I really appreciate that message and really grateful to you for sharing it and um, and grateful to you for, for sharing your experience and your perspective. That was Akilah Hughes. She is the host of What A Day. Uh, if you're not listening to them, then I don't even know what you're doing most mornings. <laughs> and really grateful to you for joining. Awesome. Thank you, Abdul. These three experiences and mine are only a small window into our effort to get America and the world vaccinated against COVID-19. While I couldn't share every story you sent us, there are a few others about hunting down and receiving a COVID-19 vaccine. Hi, this is Elizabeth from Austin, Texas. Earlier this month, my local news station did a story on a group of volunteers, the COVID coaches, who are helping people set up COVID vaccine appointments. They will set up your appointment or invite you to join a WhatsApp group so you can set up your own appointment. I joined a WhatsApp group on a Monday afternoon. About an hour later, a message appeared stating that Walgreens had appointments. I scheduled my first vaccine dose for the following day, and I will get my second dose next week. I drove an hour to a Walgreens in San Marcos to get my Moderna vaccine, and I will happily drive an hour to San Marcos again next week to get my second dose. So I do volunteer work with a nonprofit institution. Because of the nature of the volunteer work, I became eligible for a vaccine. When I got the email telling me I was eligible, I actually didn't believe it. I, I felt a little conflicted about getting the vaccine, but I decided ultimately that I shouldn't really deputize myself to determine my place in the rollout. And if the people who are, you know, coordinating the effort are saying, I'm in a group that should get vaccinated, then I should go get my vaccine. Hi, my name is Amanda Hoffman. In January, Arizona became the first state to implement a mass drive-through vaccination operation at State Farm Stadium. When they asked for volunteers in exchange for getting the COVID vaccine, my husband and I jumped at the opportunity. It was a long night on our feet, and it was cold. Even in Arizona, temps were in the 30s overnight in January, but it was also a lot of fun. Everyone was really excited to be there and to be a part of history. I was giddy as I sat in line to get my shot at the end of my shift, and despite being up all night, I was wired by the time I got home. We've since gotten our second shot, and it's brought so much relief to our family. Oh, and our side effects were minimal. I had a sore arm for about a day after the shot, and I felt a little sluggish after the second, but it really wasn't bad at all. This is a recording about my difficulty getting the vaccine for my mom, who is 92. I called numerous places or emailed 
and could get no one who had any idea of what would be going on for homebound people. I had a friend whose sister is a nurse practitioner, physician's assistant, and once I got a note from her doctor saying she could get the vaccination, this person came to my mom's home and vaccinated her with the J&J one-dose vaccine. And she's had no side effects other than she's glad she's vaccinated so she can see the great-grandkids again. I'm Andre, an American in Norway. I've been here in Norway for the entire COVID pandemic. Last year, the Norwegian government mostly handled things pretty well. And then the U.S. went from being one of the worst at handling the pandemic to one of the best. I have a couple of health conditions that put me in group four of eight. Uh, so I should have been vaccinated back in mid-March, which is still well after when I would have been had I still been in Oklahoma. Now vaccines here in Norway seem to have completely stopped and cases seem to be creeping upwards. Hi, Abdul. I am uh, calling from Santa Cruz, California. My name is Hannah. I'm a teacher and I'm also 28 weeks pregnant. Um, I just got my second dose of the Moderna vaccine this morning. Yay. Had some minor side effects after the first one. Um, had a lot of support from my midwife, from my partner, um, and just a lot of encouraging news coming out from you know, the American Obstetric and Gynecological Association, reinforcing the decision that it's the best choice, not just for my health, but for my baby's health, um, and also for community health. So I feel like I'm, I'm playing my part, not just by protecting myself, but protecting my family um, and protecting my, my school community. Hi, my name is Evie. I live in Jersey City, New Jersey. My vaccination experience was really wonderful. My partner was able to get an appointment at the mega site in Newark on the very same afternoon that we became eligible. But I went along with him and was able to uh, be slotted in and get my vaccination at the same time. Um, they were all really friendly, kind, funny and considerate of how everyone was doing and making sure we all were okay and had what we needed. My name is Liz and I am in Denver, Colorado. I'm currently at a mass vaccination site waiting the 15 minutes after getting vaccinated. I am super, super excited and hopeful. I can't wait until I'm fully vaccinated and I can finally see my dad face to face. He lives in a different state and soon we'll be both fully vaccinated and I can finally give him a hug. The little things. As usual, here's what I'm watching right now. COVID-19 cases are skyrocketing in India, which has rapidly become the global pandemic hotspot. There, cases are three times higher than their 2020 peak with outbreaks across the northern part of the country. Indeed, scientists have isolated a new variant some are calling the double mutant, which has spread rapidly. This should remind us that it's not enough for us to vaccinate America alone without also vaccinating the rest of the world. Right now, India and South Africa have proposed a plan to the World Trade Organization that would suspend patent rights for the vaccines to facilitate local manufacturing. But the U.S. government opposes those plans because of heavy lobbying from the vaccine manufacturers. Every single day the virus spreads unchecked in countries around the world is a day that it has an opportunity to evolve new mutations that could allow it to evade our vaccine-mediated immunity. No patent is worth that, especially when the research behind those patents have been bought and paid for by you and I, the American taxpayers. We can do better. We must do better. 
Last week, the CDC panel that advises on national vaccine policy voted to recommend lifting the pause on the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, putting a warning label on the vaccine regarding a rare but serious blood clot they found among a total of 15 cases during their investigation. Soon afterwards, vaccine clinics across the country resumed administering the J&J vaccine. All of the cases were women, and nearly all of them between 18 and 49. The choice to put a warning label on the vaccine, rather than put limitations on who could receive the J&J vaccine, reflects the extreme rarity of the possible side effect, that even among women ages 18 to 49, the risk of COVID far outweighs the risk of these clots. It reminds us that all of the vaccines against COVID-19 are safe and effective, and that the system worked the way it was supposed to. Finally, this is our last episode of the season. But don't worry, America Dissected isn't going anywhere. We're just zooming out to talk about all of the other stories we haven't been paying attention to, like the ongoing opioid epidemic, new breakthroughs in genetics, and why we've got to rethink public policy about supporting people with long-term care needs. And we'll also be checking in on the pandemic, because as much as we wish it was, this pandemic ain't over. But perhaps we're on the way. The choices we make over the next few months will dictate how fast that happens. But it couldn't happen fast enough. Since March last year, Our team at America Dissected have done our best to bring you perspectives and insights about the pandemic, to empower you with information that you and your family could use to stay safe, but also to understand why this is happening and what we can do about it. We've tried to highlight the stories that we don't always hear, from the folks on the front lines to those who wish they didn't have to be. We've tried always to highlight the ways our society's inequities have patterned this pandemic and what communities are doing to address it. And we've tried always to stick to the science and let it lead us out, because science always wins. I'm grateful to you for your ears throughout this pod, and for trusting us with your time and attention. I hope you'll continue to listen into the next season. We promise to keep leading with the science and integrity, and highlighting the people, the stories, and the perspectives you need to understand what really matters for health. That's it for season two. I'll see you next week. Oh, and don't forget to go to vote.webbyawards.com and show us some love. America Dissected is a product of Crooked Media. Our producer is Austin Fisher. Our associate producer is Olivia Martinez. Veronica Simonetti mixes and masters the show. Production support from Tara Terpstra and Lyra Smith. The theme song is by Takea Suzawa and Alex Sugiera. Our executive producers are Sarah Geismer, Sandy Gerard, and me, Dr. Abdul El-Sayed, your host. Thanks for listening. <laughs>